it was very difficult for me to drive because if I saw a trash bag or a dead animal on the side of the road, it would remind me of an IED because those used to get hidden in trash bags, uh, in the carcasses of dead animals behind rocks and things like that. Or uh, fireworks would get me too. July 4th was uh, a really bad day for me, like a lot, like for a lot of veterans. If for anyone like PTSD or just realizing for them to realize that it's important to talk about these things but not only that but there is a way out like mm -hmm. there is there is peace there is hope there there's is complete healing there's healing even let's say even if you don't get actually physically healed mm -hmm. what about emotional healing what about spiritual healing what about salvation and then that, I, that makes me tie back to when you're talking about medication mm -hmm. and these things all feed into the system of medication, you know, mm -hmm. big pharma, all these things there. It's not healthcare; It's sick care. Mm -hmm. uh, last episode that, you know, that we did, we kind of discussed some things that, you know, you were in Iraq, you said for 13 months mm -hmm. and uh, you talked about some of the things that happened there and how you even got interested or how you even you know, got into going to the army at first, you were, uh, you know, a mechanic, your MOS was, you know, you wanted to be a mechanic, and then you changed your MOS to be a infantry, because mm -hmm. you wanted, you wanted that revenge, wanted right? revenge. That, yeah. that, yeah, that we talked about. And, um, but there's another side, and, and I know there's so many stories that you could talk about, and there's so many things, just endless stories that happened, and, and it's just even sights that you see that you see out there, or um, even the weather, right? 130 degrees, and right, yeah. it can it can get to that, right, and probably higher. But yeah. also, there's another side of those who are in the military that is a a hard side is the 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 re um what can happen to those who have been in the military for example like ptsd mm -hmm. and uh you know health major health issues that a lot of people have as a consequence from being in the military mm -hmm. and from being in those very uh high stress situations and just injuries right right and some people even get released from the military because they've been injured right and um so I, yeah i just wanted to touch on that a bit because uh, the the emotional and the mental health side of the military is a huge thing as well and and i'm you had ptsd right after yeah i yeah you For had 10 years 10 years okay yeah so can you talk about you know, with whatever you're comfortable with, talk about like, you know, where it stemmed from or, you know, where, how that, how PTSD looked after the military and how, you know, kind of the story of like what the Lord did with that. And if you could just share, that would be. Yeah, sure. Great. The thing is, PTSD is fairly complex and it, uh, uh, for those who don't know, PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. Back in the days, like in World War One and stuff, it was called shell shock. So if you've ever heard that term, that's what they're referring to, but they didn't recognize it as a an actual thing. Back then, they considered it cowardice uh, when people were acting that way. And even in World War Two, it was that way. But PTSD... The PTSD likes to manifest itself in all of the negative ways you can imagine. 
um, everything, uh, everything from nightmares, night terrors, extreme paranoia, um, seeing red, even seeing, seeing black, getting into such a rage that you get tunnel vision. Uh, the paranoia is like really one of the super bad ones. Um, uh, having a short fuse, short temper, PTSD can be linked to well, not linked to, but it can pop back up uh, when encountering traumatic, similarly traumatic events. For example, it was very difficult for me to drive because if I saw a trash bag or a dead animal on the side of the road, it would remind me of an IED because those used to get hidden in trash bags, uh, in the carcasses of dead animals behind rocks and things like that. Or uh, fireworks would get me too. July 4th was... Uh, a really bad day for me, like a lot, like for a lot of veterans, because mm -hmm. even though the fireworks don't sound exactly like gunshots, they sound close enough. Yeah. And so, um, also when it gets severe, like, it, like it was in my case, it was, um, one of the worst things was, I forget the, I forget the term, uh, at the moment. Uh, basically your mind almost completely reverts back to the incident and you're acting mm. it out in yeah. person. I can't remember what it's called. I've heard of that. Mm. Um, well, praise the Lord. I can't remember cause it's been so long <laughs> since I've had one of those episodes. Oh yeah. And also acting out uh, while asleep. Uh, for example, uh, before with, um, my wife at the time, it was, uh, it became, there were several incidents where, uh, she told me, well, one in particular, but like I would be acting out the nightmares and, oh, like I'd be trying to punch her in my sleep. I'd be trying to gouge out her eyes and things like that. And it's totally unconscious. You're not aware of doing any of this. Nobody would actually do that, um, like purposely in bed. And so, of course, the VA and modern medicine can't really do anything about it. They'll send you to therapy, but I, w I was one of those stereotypes where I had a box of medications, mm. all the antipsychotics, all of the, uh, all the antidepressants, all the mental health stuff. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is like, um, like there's this one thing called, this one medication called Risperdal. And other other medications similar to that, they're given to try and take away the rage. And it works, but the problem is it takes away the rage, but it also takes away love. It, you basically, it's one of those zombie drugs where you essentially feel nothing. Mm -hmm. And so it took away the rage, but it took away everything else. Wow. And that's obviously not good. Right. Because yeah, you're not angry but you're also not caring. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was either getting two hours of sleep per night or I was getting 14 hours of sleep per day. Either way, no rest. Cause it was just filled with nightmares, a million thoughts a minute and you can't control them. And there's some of the worst images you can imagine. The worst part about it is you've actually seen these things. It's not like a nightmare about a movie you've watched. Right, or right. a nightmare about a story so your mind makes up uh, the images. No, these are real images. 
and they would come uh, all day long. And so I, fi- uh, I figured because I trusted the doctors that this is just the way it is. This is basically going to be for life. I'm going to be on medications for life, just like I was on uh, painkillers for a long time, like opiates and stuff. And yeah, I was one of those veterans that got addicted to opiates because uh, the VA gave them. Mm. But I noticed something that, like we talked about last time, I started to understand who the Lord is and what he says first off from looking into Christmas. Mm -hmm. But when he had me actually studying Sabbath and seeing what obedience really is and... Okay, here's the th- here's the thing. I've talked to spiritual kinds of people when I talk to them about the healings that the Lord has given, and they say, "Oh, well, that's the power of positive thought." Here's <laughs> right, and um, I always have the same response: like, show me one combat veteran that's been in the grips of PTSD that has positive thoughts. Yeah, like that's not how we think. Mm. That's not how it is. You try, but it doesn't do anything. And. It's only when I started to understand who Christ is for who he is, not for who I told, for who I was told he was by pastors, ministers, YouTube personalities and all that. When I started to actually understand who he is, Mm. uh, basically trying to understand who God is, not who I wanted God to be. Yeah. That suddenly the nightmares were taken away. The night terrors were taken away. Mm. The um, all the PTSD symptoms were taken away. Wow! Right after, uh, right after coming to him, all those things were healed. All of it was taken away. Wow! And then I started to realize that as he started to reveal, and I started to look more into mental illness and stress-related things like PTSD. And then looking at how the Lord healed people in the Bible, you have the man who had the son who was, um, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't speak. He had a, he was an epileptic, right? And uh, medicine tries to say, oh, epilepsy is a blah, blah, blah with the brain and all this. Yeah. That like could a very, chemical miss. Uh, uh, yeah. What do they say? Uh, Basically, there's something broken in the brain. Yeah. Something, your, your chemical state is off or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And so let's say that's true. It doesn't matter with the Lord. Amen. And when it comes to things like mental illness and PTSD in particular, it is, it's not necessarily the case that something is wrong physically. Not that there's anything wrong with the brain at all. This is a spiritual issue. Mm. And what I've seen time and time again, especially in myself, is that this is a spiritual issue. PTSD was there because I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Mm. All those images, those nasty, disgusting, violent images were taken away as soon as I knew Jesus. Because those images, those nightmares, all those things, as well as the, uh, as well as the rage, those emotional outbursts, all those things were by the poking and prodding of Satan and his demons. Mm. That's why without not having a relationship with Jesus, PTSD shows itself like that. But once that 
relationship is established and someone chooses to walk in the light of God, the darkness of Satan can't live in that light. And so the yeah. nightmares are gone. Mm-hmm. The flashbacks, the flashbacks are gone. All of it is gone and it's, it was gone instantly. And wow. Wow. that's why mental health things, even outside of PTSD, things like ADD, ADHD, depression, uh, all um, uh, anxiety disorders, even things up to and including um, gender dysmorphia, as we see all those things, those are spiritual matters. And those things are corrected. They're made right by turning to Jesus in truth. Right. Not the Jesus that's preached in the churches, right? but knowing Jesus for who he is. Mm. And so in my case and so many others, those symptoms, those things are completely taken away once someone bows their knee and submits fully to God. And that's just, that's just how it is. It doesn't matter how educated a doctor is saying, oh, there's a chemical imbalance. Like, no, those medications are causing the mental, the, uh, the chemical imbalance. Yeah. And yep. it's a, it's a lack of contentment because there's no relationship with Jesus. So that discontentment yep. will, it's an anxiety disorder, yeah. you know? And so once can, once the Lord blesses somebody with contentment, there's no room to be discontent. There's no room to be anxious or scared, uh, fearful, doubtful, or depressed. Mm-hmm. When he gives the contentment that we're all called to have, then what room is there for nightmares? Wow. <laughs> that's, that's really amazing. I mean, I just think of, and I'm, I just think of how many people there are that still suffer with the consequences of war and, and, and they refuse to talk. That's another thing is, again, I don't have that, that personal experience, but talking about these things, uh, you know, these experiences, these things that are happening, PTSD, like that's essential, right? Like Mm -hmm. you need to do that. You would know more than I would, but you need to do that. Like that's something that's so important. Amen. Above all, what all veterans or anyone else suffering PTSD for any other reason need to understand is that keeping it in doesn't produce healing. Yeah, it hurts to talk about those things again. I know. Right. You just want to avoid them, but drowning them out with liquor or taking any sort of substance to try and put a band-aid over it is nothing more than um, is nothing more than a distraction. There's no healing in it. Mm-hmm. That's why I went for ten years before any sort of healing it it was getting progressively worse over those 10 years there was no healing just the medications were keeping me back from feeling anything the memories were still there and so this is why i have a burden for um catholics and veterans because i was both (laughs) yeah and if though it's tough it's tough to recount memories it's tough to recount hardships The thing is, we are told in the Bible to be soldiers of Jesus Christ. So for veterans, we already know what it is to be a soldier, sailor, marine, or airman. We already know what it's like. So why not be a soldier again, this time on the spiritual battlefield? But the only way to be well qualified to fulfill that role 
is to first receive the healing that God wants to give. There are a lot of veterans I've met, and I was one of them, who say, like, I, I turn to God, I ask him to take away the nightmares, I, take, I ask him to take away everything, but, like, well, but he doesn't, so, I, so prayer doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot right. of people come to that conclusion that prayer doesn't work. But no, the thing is, he's answered, but he hasn't answered in the way that you want. Our Father knows exactly what we need at any given time. When we pray, or when I was praying that he would release me from these nightmares and stuff, he was ready to take them away. But what he wanted was salvation because that's more important. Mm. Proof of this is with Jesus and the man that was lowered through the roof. Mm. That... um you notice that in uh, in that witness, we see that, yeah, the man wanted to walk. That was his desperate desire. Mm-hmm. But the very first thing that Jesus did was forgive him for his sins. Yeah. And then the healing came. That's the precedent. That's the yeah. order of things. The Lord is ready. He's right there next to everybody who has PTSD, ready to heal them. But he wants your salvation first because that is eternally more important than the healing of your mind or your body. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like he's not hearing your prayers. It's not that it's not that prayer doesn't have any power or there's, there's nothing like it's useless. It's that when anybody goes into prayer expecting a particular outcome in the way we want, in the timing we want, yep. in all those things, it's just that's not the way it works. Right. It, it has to be in his timing, in his way. It's like the, the, it's basically that's, it's the creature telling the creator what to do. Like Amen. We, we expect, when we pray, we expect it to look in this way. Oh, because I prayed this prayer, this is what I have in my mind, so this is how it should look. When the Bible says in Isaiah that his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen. And so when, yeah. It's so true that, you know, we are just his creatures. He can do what he deems fit is best, but ultimately he's going to do what he deems fit for us. Amen. Because as a loving father, anybody who's a parent understands what I'm about to say. You do what's best for your child, even when your child thinks what you're doing is wrong. Mm, Yeah. And because the child in their immaturity, in their inability to see the big picture or see what's best for them, you don't you don't ask your child what do you want for dinner you make them dinner you sit them down you put the utensils in front of them and say this is your dinner and i don't like it that's your dinner yeah Yeah. you know because if you leave it up to somebody who's immature they're going to naturally crave the things that are not going to be healthy right mac and cheese every day right yeah yeah or toaster strudels or mcdonald's or something else that is just destructive to their bodies but we who are parents, we know what's best for them. And it's about giving them what they need, not what they want. Yeah. This is a heavenly, this is what I frequently say in sermons. Like, it's a heavenly truth made manifest on earth. Our Father gives us what we need, not what we want, mm-hmm. because He knows what's best. Regardless of how old we are in these bodies, we're still but children in His sight. Yeah. We don't know what's best for us for ourselves we ask for the things that we want but even jesus he said in john 17 
that uh, not according to my will, but your will be done. Yeah. So he set the precedent for how we're supposed to pray even in that. We can make our requests, absolutely. Our Father wants to hear our requests because he's the loving Father. That's what people have lost in modern Christianity, understanding the paternal relationship between our Father and ourselves. Mm-hmm. He is our Father. He's not just God the Father. He is our Father. Right. And as a wise and loving Father, he will give us exactly what we need, even when it goes against what we sometimes in a very heartfelt way really really want right and yeah he that's exactly right just kind of going off what you said there is he like i don't know how to explain it but he has he's it's it it, you can kind of compare it to like an earthly father because you love your earthly father you know you you know when you know when whatever when dad comes home from work daddy daddy's home right and Mm. there's that endearment there there's like oh my dad is he's you know he's my protector i feel safe and i trust him and he's everything he's my father like he's my dad Mm -hmm. like you know he's the you know he's my dad and and there's just that endearment endearment and there's that love and it's the same ways you know with our father in heaven is um the scripture says i love it says uh in Romans 8 that it talks about when we cry out like saying Abba father like Abba is that in term of endearment that we use for our father exactly like it's kind of like saying it's kind of like saying daddy like he's our father in heaven who knows what's best for us and he looks after us and he watches us and we can bring every single thing to him like it doesn't matter how small or how large we can talk to him about it and we don't have to be scared either because he wants to hear it right so this actually reminds me of an argument that atheists and some Christians make, which is, if God knows everything, then why pray at all? If he already mm-hmm. knows it, then why tell him it? Yeah, I've heard that too, yeah. And the quick answer is that it has nothing to do with what he knows. It has to do with the fact that it draws us closer to him to speak those things to him. It's about mm. our relationship with him. Yep. He doesn't improve because he's already perfect. Right. With or without us, love him or hate him, he will always be God. He will always be perfect. So it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that he already knows. It's about how we can grow closer to him, how we can learn to rely on him, how we can learn to wait on him. Yeah. Prayer is beneficial for us. He's yeah. already perfect. He doesn't need right. any improvement. Right. And it, that's why we tell him the things that he obviously already knows because he reads the heart. Right. And it's and that's that um, communion, too. You talk with them like you're talking with a friend. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there is reverence for, you know, our Father in Heaven. There's absolute reverence. There is, there is like, respect, reverence, but it's not a, it's not a cowering in the corner because I'm so Amen. scared or I'm so fearful or I'm so uh, I'm so reverent that I'm like, oh, this guy intimidates me. Yeah. I mean, he you know, he says because of what Jesus has done to come before my throne. Like you can actually access the throne of God because and have communion before him with his throne in near his throne because of what Jesus has done for us. And like you can approach the almighty God with boldness with boldness hebrews says hebrews chapter 4 mm-hmm. and it's just amazing to me that 
yeah, just that that relationship that we get to have communion. God, Almighty God, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, but Almighty God, we get to talk, and He has a relationship with the ones who He has created. That just boggles my mind to think about that. <laughs> who are we? You know, we're dust creatures. We're made out of dust, and yes, we have purpose. We have, you know, there's a reason we're here. But who are we to approach? eternal who are we to approach omnipotence and yet he made that way for us through christ yeah and you see the tragedy in even with adam and eve walking with god seeing jesus face to face and from their one sin Mm. it had to the lord stopped communicating with them uh face to face but rather from that point forward communicated to them through angels and yes, there are absolutely times when the Lord Jesus has shown himself in person. You know, we see that through the Old Testament, certainly right. in the New Testament. Right. But that is how severely we need to see sin. That we've lost that uh we've lost that face to face, but nonetheless our Father is still so gracious. Right. And provides access to his throne. All we need to do is have that that boldness and courage that Esther had. You know, knowing that she didn't deserve to enter into the throne of the king. And yet, because the king had such a tremendous love for her, Mm. he spared her life. And even though we, like you said, there's nothing deserving in us. There's no sort of merit that we have to enter into his throne, and yet he still invites us. Mm. I love the parallels in the Bible that have to do with our relationship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. And so self-glorification needs to die. Yeah. Because so long as there is any sort of esteeming of self or glorification of self or looking to past accomplishments like, uh, you know, our righteousnesses are (laughs) likened to a pile of filthy rags. There's Mm -hmm. nothing we can do. Right. This isn't a merit-based system when it comes to God. It's simply trusting in him and going to him. Right. And here's the thing. Because of how society has been built and how Satan has shaped it, people think that they have to come up with some very eloquent prayer. Yeah. Like it has to use these words. It has to be structured in this way. Or the sinner's prayer. Oh. <laughs> Which yeah. is not, you know, it's not biblical. Exactly. It's very common. I mean, Jesus says in Matthew 6, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Right. For they think that they should be heard for their much speaking. You can throw in there, along with the sinner's prayer, uh, the Our Fathers, the Rosary, like the Hail Marys and all that. Those are scripted prayers. There's no heart in it. Right. What our Father actually wants, if the the sinner's prayer is real, Mm -hmm. but it's not the scripted one. It's simply a sinner going to the throne of God like when Jesus uh gave when he gave the example of the what was it a Pharisee and, and a publican. A, a Pharisee yeah. and a publican, yeah. yeah. And the publican <laughs> standing up. Yeah, he was yeah. like and he said something I so the, yeah, <laughs> something like that. for not making me like this guy over yeah, exactly. here. Exactly. Right. And and yet the tax collector he's couldn't even lift his eyes to heaven. He said, God, forgive me, a sinner. Yeah. And he, yeah, he says, the Bible says he smote on his breast. Yeah. Like what an act of just... Just acknowledgement what, of how 
unworthy he is. Well, exactly. Yeah. And so that's how that's how the sinner's prayer is made. Mm-hmm. It's just the sinner going to God with heartfelt yeah. repentance, right. being totally ashamed for the sins, and going to God and trusting in First John one nine. Mm. Which um, if uh, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And and I I think of uh, I mean like yeah for for with those like in the military, but I mean anyone too. Obviously, this isn't just you know God said God's not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter where you come from, tongue, tribe, nation, race. At, at God sees past that we man looks at the outward appearance but god looks at the heart and um if for anyone like ptsd or just realizing for them to realize that it's important to talk about these things but not only that but there is a way out like Mm -hmm. there is there is peace there is hope there's complete healing there's healing even let's say even if you don't get actually physically healed Mm -hmm. What about emotional healing? What about spiritual healing? What about salvation from Amen. God, given by God? What about all these things? People, When people think about healing, most of the time, it tends to be physical. Yeah. And yet, how often, just like we were talking about earlier, spiritual, if we're not right spiritually, how that causes physical ailments. Amen. And how important it is to not only yes we should pray for for physical healing and god does absolutely heal you know the gifts hasn't haven't ceased you know god is you know with that person that obedient christian and he's willing to work through whoever however he sees fit amen but you know there's so much more than just the physical side there's the emotional and all those things that we were talking about and it's just so important to I mean, again, like as you were testifying that God brought healing, but I mean, more importantly than anything, that physical or that, sorry, that spiritual. Amen. And that's where a lot of people lose sight because it's exactly as you said, when people look for healing, when they think of healing, their minds tend to be totally set on the physical. But much of the time, much of the time by God's eternal wisdom, that physical healing won't come. But the reason for that, as as I've seen and many people have witnessed, is that it's a much more powerful testimony when somebody who is obviously in a bad place physically still glorifies the Lord. It, it, it almost forces a sense of humility in the hearer. Like, look what they're going through. Right. Like, I, I can still walk, I can still talk, my arms still work, I can jump, I can run and everything, and yet this guy in the wheelchair, he's praising the Lord. He should be, you know, by man's reasoning, this guy should be cursing God. Right. But he's praising his name. I have more money than him, he's obviously broke, right. and yet he's praising the Lord. Those sorts of testimonies are much more powerful when there's a when there's an ailment that the eye can see. Uh, yeah. It makes me think of who's the lady that wrote the poem, He Giveth More Grace? Uh, Annie Flint. Annie Flint. Yeah. She had, what, didn't she have to have pillows around her at all times? Because if she moved her body an inch, she'd be in extreme pain, right? Yeah. And yet, I mean, God blessed her to write that poem. If, if you, I mean, we, I don't know if we could pull it up, but 
that that poem is just i mean the lord used that in a mighty way i mean that that will bring someone to tears and it's just amazing how you know even yeah like you're saying the testimony and 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 what about that the guy who was uh was he couldn't walk was it or was he blind or deaf and jesus said that um he said it wasn't it, this sin wasn't because or this ailment wasn't because you sinned but so the glory of god could be revealed uh yeah that, i can't remember it's but that came yeah, to my yeah, mind yeah i know too. what you're talking about and uh so yeah the other thing with annie flint is that because she had what we know to be rheumatoid arthritis oh, okay that's what it was she had that too but on top of what on she top of everything through. else much of what she wrote was done through a scribe because she couldn't do it That's including right. including this one that i'm about to read which is called he giveth more grace and this 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 poem which is a song too should give everyone pause knowing who wrote this couldn't even write it herself she was so broken and yet these words poured out of her and like i said it's called he giveth more grace He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. Fear not that thy need shall exceed his provision. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm everlasting, availing. The Father both thee and thy load will upbear. His love has no limits, his grace has no measure, his power no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. <laughs> wow, that, yeah. <laughs> no words for that. That's, I know. that's amazing. Um, I, also, what's coming to mind is I know we're kind of at our time limit mm-hmm. already here, yeah. um, but maybe we could even do another episode. But what I what what's coming to mind as well is when you did when the Lord did bring that healing after your PTSD, and after, um, yeah, just all those images and all those things happening, the just the the paranoia and everything, and you even had a cane, I believe, right? You were using for years. Cane, for years, you're yeah. using a cane, and but after that when he led you into the Bible and you realized, um, about, uh, your diet, mm-hmm. how, how important diet is in the Bible. And, um, a lot of people think that diet has nothing to do with, um, the Christian walk. Right. But again, our God is a father. He cares about us and he sets things for his children for specific reasons. Mm-hmm. And because out of protection, because out of love, he knows that eating certain things is not um, beneficial to us, like the unclean and the clean foods. And you found that out, um, that God doesn't want us eating unclean foods after as well. And that, um, that, I mean, you lost lots of weight as well. I went from just by like the first 70 pounds came off from going vegetarian and getting rid of all the unclean foods. And then the rest of it came off um, by following as closely as possible the Diet of Eden. And so 
going in that direction. That's without exercise and stuff. That's simply following moderation and following the Lord's diet. And I think it's ex- it's 100% what you said. This lukewarm Christianity has neglected the fact that our father is a father. And what loving father would not direct his own children how to eat properly, as well as how to guide them and give them instruction in all the areas of life. And so that's something that's devastated uh, Christianity for many, many years, thinking that, oh, he tells us we're going to eat what we want, that was abolished on the cross and all that. Mm -hmm. That undermines his very character as a father. No father would do that. Right. You know, and they they seem to have this image of God where where he tells people, oh, yeah, do what you want. Eat what you want, it's fine. Do what thou wilt, yeah. Yeah, which is the... Of course, the motto for the Church of Satan. We know our Father is a God of order. He's a God of harmony. He's a God of unity. He's a God that instructs in the ways that are right, down that narrow path that Jesus Christ paved for us. Why wouldn't a loving Father perfectly instruct his own children in the ways that benefit their bodies uh, the best? Right. And yeah. so that's where the health reform right. <laughs> comes into the picture. Especially, I mean, diets these days are, people are literally digging their grave early mm-hmm. because of the things that they're putting into their body. And I mean, apart from, even even if they're apart from the unclean foods, you know, pork is one thing, but um, I mean, just all this, this drive-through food and this, it, these processed food and all this sugar and all these things, it clouds the mind. So you're not as able to perceive the things of God. That's one of the main reasons that it's been society is shaped in that direction. Because if you can cloud the mind, if you can fog your body, if you can slow down your organs, if you can do all these things, you create disease that, um, that, that slows your mind, it slows your processes down. It slows your ability, ability to think and to process and to view things in the proper light according to God's word and to um, just all these things, the consequences of not, uh, you know, of, of, you know, God says that we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Like our body is not ours. Amen. And, and it, we, we have to, as Christians, especially, we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And that's a, just a, base, a beautiful, another testimony of what God has done in your life when you'd made that transition. Amen. And even even on a practical or logical level, if if anybody borrows something from anybody else, you want to return it in as good or better condition than when you borrowed it. Mm-hmm. And you brought up the perfect verse. Our bodies don't belong to us. They're on loan. Right. And so right. if we would return our neighbor's lawnmower in just as good or better condition than when we borrowed it, then why don't we treat God's property, our own bodies, in the same way? Right. And and it and it uh, just one thing to tie up to to finish one mm-hmm. last thought before we close here is, and then that I, that makes me tie back to when you're talking about medication, mm-hmm. and these things all feed into the system of medication. You know, mm-hmm. big pharma, all these things. There, it's not healthcare; it's sick care. Mm-hmm. Like. There's no money in healing. Yeah, natural causes, or I'm sorry, natural remedies. It's so, it's, it's, God has provided, uh, in the book of Proverbs, it says that herb is, was made for the service of man. 
like or herbs herbs yeah. were made for the service of man and there's so many natural remedies that are so easy you can find them out in the woods you can go make it real quick you can go buy garlic from the raw garlic from the store as an antibiotic you can do all these things but that's contrary to the medical system and you were talking about how those medi- those medications you're you're again you're feeding yourself with things that they want you to feed you with but that that just made that's just what it made me think of is tying it back to when you're out of the military what did they say oh take this you know yeah no diet advice or anything like that just take these meds no lifestyle changes the only lifestyle changes oh you're gonna have to be taking these medications yeah and i think one last thought even though like we're way over time is just as a thought for people out there (laughs) is god designed and created us Therefore, he's the only one who's able to dictate what's best for us. Mm-hmm. Being a car guy in my past life, you don't run a you don't run a top field dragster or a funny car on molasses. Yeah. It may start, but it's going to die very quickly. You run it on the fuel that it needs, right. which in which in those cases is nitrometh. And our bodies are the same way. Mm-hmm. He knows what causes the engine of our bodies to run at peak condition. And so again, why would people say that he's the type of father who would say like, Oh yeah, go do what you want, eat what you want, worship the way you want and all that. Right. It just makes no logical sense, nor does it make biblical sense. Right. Yeah. Very true. Um, yeah. So this, uh, thanks once again for coming on. It's been a blast. Um, and, definitely going to make more of these and uh we will uh, yeah we'll probably hopefully talk about even more because there's so much to dive into but there is um but anyway yeah we're going to wrap up for now and uh we'll see thank you for what or thank you for listening hopefully it's encouraging and it uh, brings you encouragement if you have any questions or anything um you can email me at biblicalunfound at gmail.com or else i put these these episodes on my facebook too so you can reach out to me there if you you know if you have questions comments concerns uh things that we talked about there like huh i wonder where they got that from or sources or uh scripture or just prayer requests or need help with something please reach out to me i would be more than happy to help with whatever that may be and and if anyone would like to uh they can also reach me at four and seven ministry.org the numbers four mm-hmm. and seven four and seven not an ampersand a n d yeah four a n d seven m i n i s t r y dot org dot org you can find contact information there as well perfect all right well we'll see you on the next episode god bless god bless